Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Bigfoot Zone, ECBRO. Tonight, we've got a special guest with us, my good friend, Mary Fabian. Mary, it's great to have you on here tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Dan. How are you? I'm doing good myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't know how it is. I know you're a few hours away from where I'm at right now, and uh, the weather's been kind of weird lately. It's been warm, cold, snowy, rainy, back to warm, cold. It's like it's repeating itself, but, you know, kind of have a cool week this week. But <laughs> So, um, real quick, a uh, couple of real uh, quick things for those who were watching uh, in the beginning on the intro. Uh, one thing I want to throw out there, I'm going to be, um, I've been doing this a lot on social media. Um, mark your calendars. We encourage you to mark your calendars. Come on out. Uh, May 25th in 2024, we're hosting the Pennsylvania Myths and Legends Festival happening in Bakersville Community Grove uh, Park in Somerset, Virginia. Uh, excuse me, Somerset, Pennsylvania. Um, some, uh, I keep saying Virginia out there for a lot of things because that's where I'm from. So, <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's happening right there in uh, Somerset, Pennsylvania. Uh, there's information on Facebook. Uh, we have the event page. So if you want more information, check that out. Um, June 14th and 15th, which you, you're going to start seeing me promote the heck out of our Virginia event. Um, I haven't been promoting that as big as I have the Pennsylvania event, but, uh, but you will see, uh, information regarding the ECBRO annual Virginia Bigfoot conference again, June 14th and 15th and where's K Virginia. And, um, so yeah, I'll be promoting, looking for vendors for that. We do already have so many vendors signed up for that. We still got a lot more room. Because with that event, we have vendors on the inside, and then our overflow, we start throwing them on the outside. Um, so, yeah, there's probably like just a couple spots left on the inside. We're ready to start promoting on the outside. So, um, with that being said, we're going to get right into this. And, uh, Mary, I know you have some Bigfoot experiences. Uh, Julie's kind of been filling me in on a couple things I, I wasn't fully aware of, but uh, we're going to learn about you tonight. Um, you know, I'm going to tell you, um, I think the first thing I would love to hear, and I know the viewers, for anyone that's watching that may not be familiar with you, if we could uh, get a little background, um, like what got you started in Bigfoot, and then we'll kind of go from there. <laughs> uh, what got me started? Well, whenever uh, I was a teenager, really preteen, uh, I had uh, my very first sighting whenever I was 11 years old. Uh, I lived on a farm and uh, saw one while I was out hiking back of the farm. Mm. And uh, that was my very first one. And then a couple years later, uh, I had some experiences getting rocks and tree limbs thrown at me and um seeing structures and so on while we were camping up in the mountain and uh it wasn't until many many years later that i was able to connect um that behavior with that it was bigfoot with what i saw back whenever i was 11. Uh, but i have had many experiences and a few more sightings after that Yeah, it looks like you're, you must be buffering again. <laughs> um, yeah, I had uh, 
let me see, a few uh, experiences. Uh, you know, we would go camping up on the mountain in Farmington, uh, back of uh, Fort Necessity. And uh, we would, uh, you know, first thing in the morning, I would uh, go out and uh, just uh, you know, run out in the woods and go exploring. And uh, I would find a few structures, you know, that back then I would recognize as something not natural. And uh, I would, you know, it, it just stuck in my head, you know, for many, many years later. Uh, and then uh, we'll fast forward up to, um, you know, my second sighting, which was, uh, let me see, 2005, 2007, something like that, uh, that I saw another Bigfoot. But at that point in time, uh, you probably missed what I was talking about, Dan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my phone froze up on me because I had something pop up on there and it wouldn't go away. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was able to hear a little bit because I had to run out of the room when it froze up on me because Julie's got it playing back in the other room. So. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, yeah, I'm hearing it. It's the sightings of Bigfoot that got you involved in this. Um could you talk a little bit about the Bigfoots as far as the descriptions of them? Um, like, yeah, certainly. Uh, the first one that I saw, well, I was 11 years old. So uh, at that point in time, I was uh, hiking along a trail back behind the farm. And uh, I was heading down into a holler. And he uh, he came across... Uh, on the opposite side of the woods and he stopped right on the trail and he just looked at me and uh, he was big and black uh, but you know at at that time I had no idea what Bigfoot was I, I had never heard of the term Bigfoot my dad had talked to me about uh, something called uh, the wild man or the hairy man, uh, but I didn't associate it. Um, he, I wouldn't really be able to say how tall he was, you know, because to an 11 year old me, um, everyone was big. <laughs> uh, but what I thought, you know, my first thought was, you know, why is there this, uh, why is this man walking around in the woods in a fur coat. And that's what I thought, you know, it was a man wearing a fur coat. Wow. <laughs> his, his, uh, his face was almost bare. He, he was like a dark Caucasian complexion, uh, but he had Neanderthal type features. Um, you know, what we would associate, you know, there were movies back then, um, you know, where they would show Neanderthal people. And that's what I associated it with, you know, that uh, that's what he looked like. Interesting. 
just just out of curiosity um have you ever experienced or any heard of anyone seeing strange lights in the woods um yes. in here okay yeah yeah i've seen them and uh quite a few other researchers that i've spoken to and witnesses both um they've told me about seeing lights or orbs floating in the sky or or just lights uh, where it looked like someone was walking around with a lantern, but then it would zigzag and then float up in the air above the trees. Oh, wow. That's, that's one thing I have not experienced as far as seeing lights move like that. Um, but one of the very first time, it, well, there's one spot that me and Julie has been investigating. Um, you know, we've, uh, we started seeing things out there and I'm not going to say they were floating around and moving. They were, they were kind of in one general area. Um, you know, the first night it was just like this flicker or this flash of this like small blue light that would appear on and off. It would show itself here and there. Then it would stop. Then it would come back, kind of do it all over again. One of our, uh, not the very last visit, but the, one of uh, two visits ago into this location, we've seen them a lot more. Um, they were, yeah, they showed up like there was that one light, but then there was other small little, the best way I could describe it, they looked like little stars in the woods, you know, okay. and, but, and for anyone listening, no, they were not uh, fireflies. <laughs> Because they were blue, and there was a couple small little ones that looked like little tints of like maybe yellow is the best way I can describe it. And um, it was the, what not eye shine, of course. Yeah, well, some of them. It's just what was funny was a couple of them appeared to almost look like eye shine, but uh, at one or at one or two different occasions. But most of the time, there were single lights in certain spots that would keep showing up. Mm -hmm. um, now. In the very first, like we noted in the very first video that uh, I put out there that was regarding this location, um, where we were at, there's these big boulders. Uh, then you got a small little grass field. Then you got the tree line out in front of us. Well, after it got dark, you know, it was quiet. We weren't hearing nothing, weren't seeing nothing. And just randomly, I decided to go give off a few whoops. And I was like, whoop. Whoop, you know, just doing what for the heck of it, you know, mm -hmm. and almost immediately right after giving off a couple of whoops, looking at that tree line over to the right, there was a tree knock right inside of that tree line to the right. And then right after that one, straight out from where Julie was sitting, where we've been seeing those strange lights, there was another knock right inside there. Oh, and that was exciting. Okay, I said we. I think we might have something going on here now because yeah. you know, no, we didn't see nothing, nothing walking through the woods, nothing visible. But we heard those tree knocks; they were very close. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that was just the, that was the very first time we ever went to that spot. Um, cool. It, it was just interesting. But yeah, that's why I wanted to ask you about the lights because we were seeing those, and I did some research not uh, not long, actually a couple of days ago, looking up information about strange lights in the woods and one story almost reminded me of what we've been dealing with um except there seemed like they seen a lot more lights uh in that one story um but yeah like now keep in mind it, i mean by me sharing this i'm very 
objective on these kind of things. I never thought I would experience something strange like this, you know, mm -hmm. and for those who know me, no, I wouldn't just, you know, claim to jump on anything, but this is what I'm seeing. I'm witnessing this. So I'm not afraid to admit to it, you know? Um, so if whoever wants to believe me or not, you know, but these, there's some strangeness going on here in Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. So, really um, is. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've dealt with, uh, I know you gather a lot of reports and hear a lot of strange stuff here in the state itself. Cause um, yeah. the one thing I'll bring up for those that don't know you, you're the, uh, you're the founder and the head lead researcher for the, uh, Pennsylvania Bigfoot project. Um, you know, and, and you cover a lot of areas with your team. Um, I, is there any kind of strange activity that you might have heard or that you could share with us tonight? Uh, I don't know. I think most of the really strange off the wall things come from up in Warren County. Uh, I, I hear all kinds of weird um, reports from up there. And uh, we have a county chapter lead in Warren County, and that's Tara Stephanie. Okay, and, yeah. And we, uh, you know, whatever I hear, you know, I'll send over to her. And uh, I've got another friend up in her area that uh, he's in contact with the, uh, the Seneca tribe. And uh, they'll, they'll share things with him, and he'll pass it on to her, at least what he can pass on. And uh, there's, there's reports of little people up there. I don't know if you've heard of those. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, uh, those are, they look like human, but they're small, maybe um, two to three, three feet at the most. And uh, they'll, they'll look like uh, Native Americans walking around. Okay. And, I was going to ask if they were in, well, until you said that, I was going to ask if they were anything related to, like, when I think of little people, I think about the, uh, that one legend known as, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but the Pudgewaki or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I've yeah. heard of those. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but uh, the reports that I've heard, they were human-like. Okay. And uh, I've heard of them in other areas and other states. Um, and I've been passing on information to Tara, uh, just in case she runs into something, uh, up in her area to help her, uh, with her research. And, uh, you know, she, uh, she's doing a great job in Jolie's, you know, she's doing a great job there in Somerset. Um, two great girls. I'm proud of my, uh, my lady squatchers. Uh, I'm proud of, uh, you know, all, we, we've got county chapter leads, all over the state of Pennsylvania who do research and investigations. Uh, they'll take reports and, um, you know, uh, I'm proud of all of them, but I'm, I'm biased, of course, you know, I'm most proud of the ladies. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, there's a, when we were talking about the lights, there's a couple questions on the live chat. First one comes from uh, YouTube user South Dakota. They're asking, what are the lights? Good question. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone really knows. Uh, the, the first time that I saw them personally was uh, up on the New York and Pennsylvania state line. 
And uh, the lights that I saw, they were kind of popping up over uh, the hill and then they were rolling down through the trees, zigzagging down into the valley below. Uh, so, you know, the following morning, I, you know, you know, I and the other researcher, you know, we looked on Google Map, and uh, plus we could see during the daytime the terrain and what was up there. Uh, there was a gas line that went up on top of that hill. And both of us, you know, you know, my partner, he uh, knew, and I also had heard something about uh, gas discharge, like a little um, pressure release pop off, oh, and yeah. that was what we both surmised what was happening. You know, that it was gas discharge, you know, during the night that would put off these balls of gas, and they would roll down the hill. Now, if that's what it was, I don't know, but, um, you know, that, that would be possible for that. Uh, and then uh, I saw other lights again. Um, when was that? During the summer, and Julie was with us then up at Prince Galitzin State Park. Uh, these lights, they were up above the trees, and there were no gas lines in the area. Uh, we were having Bigfoot activity in the area, uh, and they were just floating you know, up uh, among the treetops. Uh, well, in the, during both instances, yes, there was a Bigfoot sighting uh, in both instances. That's why we were up on the PA New York State line. We were doing an investigation. Uh, now, is there a real correlation? We don't know. Is it uh, just coincidence? We don't know. Uh, no idea. We don't know what they are. Uh, could be a burst of energy, you know, set off from infrasound uh, or EMF. We don't know. Yeah, there's uh, a researcher out of Western, well, he used to live in Western Pennsylvania. Uh, he's in West Virginia now. He's doing a pretty good study on the orbs and uh, he's collecting information, collecting reports. And his name is Brian Seach. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, you've heard of Brian. Yeah, he's uh, one of my speakers for the Pennsylvania event. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's with uh, the Center of Cryptozoological, uh, can't remember, and then um, Q, Center of Unexplained Events. And uh, he's taking reports, he's been taking reports of uh, light anomalies is what he's calling them uh, for a few years now. And, you know, to have a good conversation about those, I would talk with Brian. Um, I don't know if he's come up with any explanation yet or if it's still, you know, who knows? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that's a question. What's what's that you said? I'm sorry, you went out for a second. You said oh no, something. I said yeah, I said that was a good question. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, most definitely. Um so yeah, D David, he just added something else. He says science also speculates some lights or orbs or gas seen may come from faults in the earth crust. So 
I don't know. That's interesting. I, I haven't really looked into too much of like all these lights and stuff, but but well, I like the one possibility you mentioned about the gas and everything. I'll have to look into that. So. Yeah. Yeah. There's a pressure relief valve and it'll pop off. It's a, I think called a pop off valve and it'll uh, release your pressure, you know, along with gas. <laughs> right. Okay. Huh. Um, yeah, what would you say? Uh, I don't know if it's, I don't know if the lights are the strangest, but what would you say the strangest things here that you know that's happened in Pennsylvania? Now, I've heard of UFOs and stuff like that. I hear a lot of re, uh, UFO reports from firsthand uh, eyewitness accounts and um, and such as that. But I don't know if you guys get too much involved with all that or not. Uh, I try to stick primarily with uh, Bigfoot, and uh, occasionally I'll delve into uh, Dogman. Uh, but whenever it comes to UFOs and ghosts, uh, those I hand those reports I hand off to the uh, per se experts, um, Fred Saluga with MUFON, and um, yeah, he handles the ghost reports also. Uh, but um, you know, Fred Saluga is the uh, assistant or co-state director of MUFON, which is the Mutual UFO um, Network. Network. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, Dave, David's, uh, yeah, I mean, Fred, excuse me, Fred, yeah, he, he's a great guy. <laughs> um, I know yeah. I met him a couple of different times. Uh, he's been down to Virginia. And, um, yeah, I never actually, you know, as far as the UFO thing, I that's, it's been fascinating me a lot more lately. Although I've never really looked into it, it's just you know meeting people up here in Pennsylvania and hearing firsthand reports, um, and they actually take you to the location where they had experienced the UFOs and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's with that you know with the information being shared to me, it's kind of got me a little bit more I don't know more involved or more interested, I guess you could say. But yeah. Um, it seems like you, uh, Pennsylvania seems like a hotspot for you know both Bigfoot and UFO uh, reports, yeah. you know, amongst exactly. other things too. So, yeah, um, it, it, it is. Uh, it's mostly infamous along the Chestnut Ridge, mm -hmm. which is where you're at. Uh, part of uh, part of it, uh, the Chestnut Ridge reaches, uh, I think, all the way along from. Uh, Somerset, Westmoreland County, all the way down into West Virginia, uh, all along the uh, mountain ridges. And uh, there are quite a few UFO, excuse me, UFO and uh, Bigfoot reports. Excuse me, my mouth is getting dry. Oh, that's all right. Mine, uh, yeah, I always have to keep water or something next to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I have seen UFOs, um, and I've seen Bigfoot. Uh, but as for the the two being, uh, you know, correlate, you know, a correlation between the two, I don't know. <laughs> I, I truly yeah. don't know. I, I suspect that it's more coincidence. Yeah. You know, rather than, you know, that they're involved but we don't know right it's quite a bit we don't know 
Yeah, I, I personally, I agree with you on that. You know, it's, I know a lot of people believe that there, because there's a coincidence that, hey, Bigfoot's been spotted in a UFO right there. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, I'm not doubting that's what they're seeing at the same time. But, yeah, I'm right there with you. I, it doesn't mean it's, you know, it's common because most of the time when Bigfoot sightings occur, there's no UFOs involved. It's, it's very few reports to really lean on that you know i mean that's just my honest opinion <laughs> so yeah but uh i still think it's interesting i mean i guess you know people can believe what they want <laughs> you know so yeah no but, matter what it's uh, it's evidence and we have to take all evidence into consideration and uh it's just a data point right to put in our notes and who knows it, it may come to something someday we don't know right absolutely yeah uh, you guys um uh, you guys are, uh host a lot of uh bigfoot campouts is that correct yeah okay and you guys you got some coming up uh let me see i i know there's one I, i'd have to look at my calendar um yeah there's one coming up in well there's one down in Tennessee coming up in early April uh, down at Land Between the Lakes, but oh, it's hosted yeah. by another group. And um, and then May, uh, oh, doggone, you, you caught me without my calendar. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I know you went over this you uh, on your Facebook bill uh, last night, so. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, I know. I, yeah. I hear, I hear Julie laughing in the other room. Are you <laughs> laughing at her? Or she watching something else? I don't know. If she switched to what? <laughs> okay. Yeah, go ahead. Ignore me, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> Julie, you can come back in here if you like. <laughs> I don't know what she's saying. The door's closed. I can't hear her too well out there. I don't know. <laughs> so. She doesn't want to be on camera. <laughs> no. No, she don't mind tonight because she put yeah. her makeup on. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> uh, if she's watching, I'm probably embarrassing her. I'm sorry. Well, yeah. all I can say about, you know, Julie is a she's a fantastic researcher. Yeah, you know, I'm so proud of her. You know, she's uh, oh, love you too. Enjoy the journey. <laughs> Yeah, that's her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, here she is. Hey, there you are. <laughs> I'm not ignoring you, Mary. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and for those yeah. who don't know, this is Julie McQuay. <laughs> so, yes, and yep. Julie's uh, the our uh, Somerset County chapter lead. Uh, for Pennsylvania Bigfoot Project. She's a fantastic researcher. And oh, thank uh, you. I am outstandingly proud of her and, and what how far she's come. Oh, <laughs> yes. thank you. That's so nice of you to say. <laughs> yeah. you have any questions more still out there? No, no, <laughs> no. I just, I just wanted to come and sit back here because I didn't want you to think I was ignoring you or anything. I was out there crocheting while I was watching you, and I couldn't answer back really fast. Oh. 
Now, now, do you recall any of the, uh, I know there's a um, county chapter camp out at Prince Galitzin. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you recall when that one is? No, I can't recall when that one is. Um, I know you, you the Tara's having a camp out in September. Yes, um, yes, and that's uh, and Tracy. TJ was having a camp out. I just can't remember when. I, I think his is at Galitzin, isn't it? Yes, his is at Prince okay. Galitzin State Park. And I, I am completely blanking out on the dates. So am I. Uh, I can't remember what dates his is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, for anyone wanting to know, just join the group on Facebook, Pennsylvania Bigfoot Project. Uh, look in the events tab and you'll find you know everything listed. Mm -hmm. um, I know here we have a question here. Uh, mm -hmm. Have either of you been approached by government types? Uh, I have not been approached, but I have seen uh, and heard, you know, uh, from very reliable sources as to um, you know, government activity and uh, and so on. Um, I don't know, Dan, if you've had any type of, uh, uh, no, I have not, uh, you know, as far as speaking to local government, uh, officials that work with the deans, uh, you know, the department of game and endless fisheries yeah. and, um, uh, out of Virginia, you know, I've never had them approach. Well, yeah, just checking on cause they're, you know, when I camp in primitive areas, you know, they, right. they patrol the area and the, you know, the Rangers and the, the other government Forest Service, the law enforcement officers, they'll come in and check on you every now and then. But, mm -hmm. you know, when they do, you know, I usually bring up Bigfoot to them. <laughs> yeah, same here. Yeah, yeah, I ask them straight out. And uh, a lot of them, you know, quite a few of them will just give a little chuckle. Exactly. Uh, yeah. That's about it. But then I, I, a friend of mine, one of my teammates, uh, former teammates, worked for the Ontario, Canada. Um, game, fish and game um, organization for their government. And uh, she told me, she said, don't bother talking to the rangers because even if they do know, uh, they're afraid to share because they'll lose their jobs. You know, and I can sympathize with that. Yeah. She right. did tell me who to talk to. She said, flat out, you go to the maintenance people. That's the guys who know. That's the guys who'll share. So that's right. who I talk to. Hmm. Well, there's um the report that we got. Uh, there is a report that we got that um, that we plan on investigating here a little bit more later. Probably, I don't know. I'm guessing somewhere around mid January. Yeah. Um, the gentleman who shared his sightings um, with. Some of the information he shared with a lot, he shared uh, a lot of information with us, but the location where he's had his sightings and found some strange things there. Mm -hmm. um, now he recalls and he stated that he's seen government officials walking through there. Um, now, when he saw them, uh, this is exactly what he described, seeing two men walking with each other. They had orange on, but he said they weren't hunters. He said, on their outfits they had it said feds or something on it now were they wearing orange for safety reasons i don't think he said at this time he said there was no hunting 
going on or allowed during this particular time in this area. But it's the, there were two guys wearing orange clothes that said feds on it, you know, um, which I thought that was interesting because it's funny when he said that jokingly in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, he saw a couple of escaped convicts or something from the federal penitentiary. So <laughs> that's what popped in my head. I was like, but I don't know. But he, he did recall that's why he saw Walker through there. He said there was, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It's interesting because this location is between three and four hours away from us, yeah. you know. Probably yeah. be more like what northeast. I think so. Yeah. yeah, more northeast from where we're at. So, okay. but um, but yeah, we got his contact information and everything. We're looking forward to that. We're gonna watch the weather because we're tempted. Considering that it's three to four hours away, we might even camp a night or two, depending. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's not too cold. Yeah. Um, actually, we were thinking about doing it this weekend, but the temperatures are gonna be a little low at, at night, so we're gonna wait a little bit. Yeah. It's gonna be- <laughs> There's some snow coming in, also from what I've heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so, so too. Absolutely. So yeah, we're um, yeah, that's one thing we keep talking about because you know I've camped in the cold weather myself numerous yeah. times in Virginia, mainly down during the the deer season when over through November, and mm-hmm. um, well, the last couple of years have been very mild weather, but we've had like talking about down in the teens, you know, overnights and stuff, and I've camped in that, you know, just. Yep, same here. Huh? Same here. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, as long as you know how to prepare for it, it's usually not that bad. But getting up to get outside of tents is a different story, especially if you wake up in the middle of the night and you got to use the bathroom. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. That makes it hard right there, getting out of that sleeping bag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All that heat's built up inside there. Like, no. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but yeah, I just I never had no issues or nothing. You know, I hear a lot of people talking about the, you know, the men in black. You know, um, I've heard secondhand stories. I never, I can't say I've heard. I don't know. Did we hear a story or something? Maybe it was. Uh, I'm trying to think. Was it our? What's it? John? Didn't John share a story? Didn't he say he had men in black? Oh yeah, John's he's dealt with them supposedly. Yeah. Yeah, you, uh, you know John Stasco Jr. Yes, yes. Yeah, I know. Well, he's the one that shared some UFO reports, first-hand reports. But yeah, I thought it was him that mentioned some about you. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay. Um, um, yeah, my first-hand experience with, uh, other than my uh, teammate, was uh, back whenever I lived over at the other house. And we were having activity there, well, for the entire time that we lived there. Uh, something would come and whack the side of the house and peek in the windows. And uh, I think just about everyone has heard um, how <laughs> uh, how I went after this Bigfoot. Uh, he, he made me mad. And so I ran out, uh, I chased after him with a golf club. <laughs> I love hearing that every time. I just love that. I do. Well, he's, he was being a bully, right? And uh, you know, you don't bully my dog. You know, exactly. he was terrorizing my dog. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, Mama Bear. You know, you you don't fool with Mama Bear. <laughs> right. Not right. even Bigfoot. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so I, I chased after him. He ran up over the hill. He was a coward. 
Mm. But, uh, but he kept coming back, you know, as long as we lived there, uh, he kept coming back and harassing us. And, uh, you know, he was just a nuisance. Go peep and Tom. Was it, was he a, was it a big one or? Uh, I never got his height. I never saw him full height. Uh, I saw him head and shoulders. And uh, I knew that he was tall enough to reach the security, you know, the motion sensor light uh, off the side of the house. That was hanging from the eaves. Uh, we lived in a low ranch house. You know, so the eaves were maybe seven feet up and he was easily able to reach those and turn them so they wouldn't trigger whenever he came through. And uh, I was always hollering at my husband saying, you know, why do you keep turning those lights? You know, I need those. Yeah. And he said, no, I'm not turning them. Finally, <laughs> <laughs> <think> it not. <laughs> yeah. I figured out, you know, what was happening. <laughs> yeah, you ever you ever hear Bigfoot make a noise or or any sounds that you could describe or share with us? Uh, yeah, I've heard quite a few vocals. Yeah, they'll hmm. they'll they have a pretty wide variety of uh, you know they'll I've heard whistles and uh, I've heard them whoop. You know the infamous whoop. Oh yeah. Yep. And uh, I've heard a, uh, I guess what you would, you know, similar to the Ohio howl, I've heard that. Uh, I heard that out in Oklahoma. And uh, I've been growled at by them, um, fairly close too, <laughs> mm. about eight feet away. He was hiding in the brush, wasn't happy with, uh, with me being there. Wow. And, uh, but... Uh, but no, I, I've heard quite a bit. You know, different you know, different whistles, uh, mm -hmm. all different calls, and uh, yeah, just over the years, you know, you you hear different things that are not your local animals or local birds, you know, and and that's what I tell everyone. I say, you know, if you hear something unfamiliar. Go on YouTube or go on your university websites where they have listings of uh, animal calls from your area or bird calls. Absolutely. And try to figure out, you know, what else that it could be. Yeah, that's actually helped me out quite a bit on certain things, doing my research in the past, you know. Yeah. You know, I mean, I experienced all kinds of wildlife and their sounds and everything. And... There's, back in the day, there were some things I've heard like, whoa, what was that? Come to find out, it was just what, one of the animals I've been hearing all the, you know, the whole time. Just it's they people don't realize like owls, for example, even coyotes and foxes, they have different tones of vocalization. Some yeah. have several, you know. Yeah. It's just we don't get to experience them all the time. So when we do hear them, we're like that's a bigfoot, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I've been out with people, you know, other people that are not familiar with what I get to experience at the time. And that's why I like bringing people out. And I'm sure you do, you know, you're, you're the same way. You yeah. want people to come out there because it's a learning experience, regardless if you see Bigfoot or not, there's other wildlife that you should be very familiar with, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's yep. a learning experience for all of us. And uh, yeah, it, I tell everyone coyotes have such a wide range of calls. 
you know, the people frequently, you know, mistake for being Bigfoot. Uh, but in reality, it's on the most part coyotes or a fox, um, you know, or even an owl. Uh, I've heard a pretty loud and intense owl call mm -hmm. uh, that I'm 90% certain was an owl. Uh, it's just the acoustics of the area that I was in. Uh, it, it was a, uh, a valley and we were at the mouth of this little gully is really what it was. And it was, I would think it would be like a perfect horn where, you know, the mouth opens wide. And so the volume would be more intense there at the mouth, you know, of the gully. And so this owl did a call, a really a, a hoot, basically is what it was. And But it was so loud that uh, my sister, she jumped up and ran from the, the car, you know, into our cabin. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. But, but it was, uh, like I said, I'm 90% certain that was an owl. Because <laughs> uh, it, if it was a Bigfoot, uh, there would have been something different about it uh, because Bigfoot, they'll always change it up to something else. Uh, right. they'll, they'll change a typical, a normal vocal or call from another animal, but they'll change it up so that the tone is different or mm -hmm. the ending is different or the pitch is different. Yeah, that way they are signaling other Bigfoot and other Bigfoot will recognize that, you know, hey, you know, they're talking to me. This is a, you know, communication between the two. And that's, you know, how, you know, part of how I figure that they communicate. Yeah, Debbie, you remember that. That was, uh, we were down at Land Between the Lakes uh, whenever that happened. <laughs> that's my sister. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you, Debbie. <laughs> All right. Um. Hmm. Was there anything you want to add or mention or bring up that you just, that you know about? No, because you were talking about the mimicking, and that was one thing I was going to ask you or, yeah. or mention because you had uh, said to me before how they'll mimic not just animals, but actually you're talking about like lawnmowers or like. Actual yes. things you wouldn't expect them to be able to mimic. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll uh, you'll hear. Well, we were down in uh, uh, the border of Oklahoma and Texas late one night uh, at another infamous area called Brown Springs, and uh, we we heard a uh, siren. You know, it sounded like an ambulance or a fire truck siren. And uh, the person we were with, he says, uh, you think that's an ambulance? And I said, yeah, isn't it? And he said, there's no roads over there, not for 50 or 100 miles. There's nothing out there. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> and, yeah, that, that was <laughs> probably a Bigfoot. That's amazing. Yeah, I know – I think one of the times we were out in the woods not long ago, um, I thought, yeah, at first, I think we did end up hearing a siren or something at one point. And I know at first, it threw me off at first. A lot of, gosh, 
listen to it because it was a long, drawn out, and then you could hear it tamper off at the end. I said, oh, that's just a fire department or something sounding off in the distance. But yeah, it threw me off. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's, it was out there somewhere. I heard, I, I heard that, but you know, yeah, sometimes but when you first hear things, you're out in the woods, like you're not expecting to hear yeah. any kind of roads or towns or anything way far off, but sometimes those sounds carry, you know? Oh and, yeah. Uh, Especially at nighttime, sounds do carry, you know, right. the, on a clear night, uh, you'll hear, you know, I'll hear a car coming you know, from a couple miles away, you know, towards where we live. And, right. Yeah, because we're out in the country. Uh, but, um, yeah, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're calls that they'll do, you know, where they're imitating something like a, a motorcycle or a chainsaw. Uh, they, it's something that they've heard, uh, and they'll imitate it, you know, but it'll, but they'll end the call with, uh, something else, you know, they'll, they'll make like a chainsaw that ends in a rooster call you know, or, or something. So it's quite comical. <laughs> with that being said, you only, I was tempted to throw out a rooster call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, don't pay me no mind. Sometimes, Oops, I'm dropping my phone. <laughs> so, um, your sister said some Brown Springs was an unforgettable place. So, yes, hmm. yes, very much. Uh, very, very creepy. Uh, it's uh, got a hmm. little bit of well, it has a long history. Uh, that's one area to. Hmm that I would be happy to go back to. I don't know if my sister would, but uh, I'm always into <laughs> an adventure. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Well, yeah, what all took place in that location? Uh, well, the history of it is uh, that um, the mafia would take, uh, the mafia from Oklahoma City uh, would take victims down there and uh, dump the bodies in the Red River in the swamps. And uh, oh, there wow. would be, yeah, so there's uh, a bit of that. And then uh, there's a lot of Bigfoot activity around there also. Uh, there, there's a little graveyard up over the hill you know, that uh, I guess a lot of people have gone up in there and have have had Bigfoot activity, some ghost activity, um, and I don't know what all else, but, um, you know, they'll, they'll hike along the trails along the river and they'll see a heck of a lot of sign. And, uh, you know, while we were there, uh, one of our members was doing a video, taking a video, and I'm, um, you know, from what we've studied of that video, he may have caught something in it. Unfortunately, that video was stolen by someone else and is basically gone. Oh, unfortunately. Wow. Yeah, that sucks. That sucks. Yeah, yeah. that would have been awesome to check that out. <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah. it happens. Uh, it, yeah. it happens in this field. You know, it, it, there's a heck of a lot of ego 
and uh, little power struggles that go on and jealousy, you know, it's, you know, it, it goes on in just about anything, you know, where there's a lot of people involved, but, but even so it shouldn't. Right. And I try not to participate in it. Uh, but, you know, uh, thanks, Deb. You know, hey, you know, I, I try to protect, you know, Debbie is my big sister. She's older than me. And let me uh, accentuate that she's older than me. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to get you. <laughs> nope. <laughs> hey. I can say that about my two older sisters. I'm one of four siblings, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I protect uh, her. I protect her. And you know, whenever it comes to Bigfoot, yeah. yeah. Hi, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> Uh-oh, she said... It's a rebuttal. It won't pop up right away. Hold on. Okay. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, <laughs> Oh, well. Oh, my. Sister, sisterly love right there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, my sir. two oldest sisters, they're, they're eight and ten years older than me, are... Is that close to you, the difference between you and your sister? No, we're uh, we're. Or is it much older than ten? Yeah, we're two years apart. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, because I got a brother that's two years younger than me. Than my other, like I said, my other my sisters are eight and ten years older. So, yeah. Okay. <sighs> yeah, I joke with them about it sometimes, but. Yeah, yeah, you the know, there was a time where. I'm sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say the first time that uh, my sister Debbie uh, came along with me, Bigfooting, uh, we went on a big camp out down in the land between the lakes. And she came along with me to protect me from the crazy people that, who believed in Bigfoot. <laughs> But uh, oh, wow. it turned out with me protecting her. And uh, she, uh, <laughs> a few years later in uh, 2018, she finally had her first sighting uh, out in Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> we're. Um, I was trying to hold it over here. Yep. Yeah. We, um, we were down in. Uh, Oklahoma, and uh, there was a lot of big, Bigfoot activity going on. We had stopped to look around, and, you know, it was around midnight, something like that. And uh, one of the members of the team saw a hog walking through. You know, it was kind of acting a little confused or injured or something. And uh, but as soon as you know, somebody hollered, you know, there's a hog, you know, I, I turned around and I just shoved her, you know, I said, got to get up in the truck. And so I shoved her up into this really high four wheel drive pickup truck. And you know, we really had to climb up in there. You know, there was no running boards. 
and both of us are short. <laughs> so that, that oh, was my. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we got a question um, for you. Let's see if it pops up. I there it goes. Okay. Have either of you guys had Bigfoot roar at your home? Uh, they've scared the deer so bad they won't go in the woods. Uh, they uh, the one that was hanging around my house. He I didn't hear him roar. Uh, I heard him vocalize you know, a few times, you know, doing different calls, uh, but no roars. And um, now they really didn't scare the deer. Uh, the The birds would, um, let, let me back up here. I, I had uh, three of those Bigfoot statues, you know, those uh, a two-foot statue and a one foot statue and a three foot tall Bigfoot statue. I had them out in the front yard and uh, it, the birds were dive bomb those statues constantly. They would, the birds would ignore the other statues that I had in the yard, uh, but they would only dive bomb the Bigfoot statues with, which was kind of telling, you know, <laughs> You know how they hmm. reacted towards those, uh, and and so, hmm. you know, it was. Um, it's about the only reaction that I saw out of uh, animals in the area, other than my dog. Whenever, uh, whenever he was coming around the house, you know, she would be absolutely terrorized. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, I can't say I've ever heard one do that either. I mean. Yeah. Like I said, you know, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of different vocalizations I've heard here and there, but um, never had anything really close to me, though. I can't say that I have. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I've like, had some them things weren't too far off, but yeah. What's that? I'm sorry. What's that? They they growled at me from fairly close, but uh, but roaring, mm -hmm. no. Um, although my like I told you before about my teammate from Canada, uh, the reason why she's a former team, uh, teammate, uh, she was out hunting one day and uh, sat down next to a tree to take a nap. And she woke up to something roaring from close by. And it just roared at her so loud that it burst both of her eardrums. Oh, yeah, and, uh, it, it, it traumatized her so much that uh, she won't even venture out into the woods anymore. You know, she mm. uh, she had to retire eventually from uh, her job. Well, really, she was demoted and passed over before that uh, because of her involvement with Bigfoot. Uh, but but that's what happened to her. Both of her eardrums were burst out from uh, wow. something something roaring you know, fairly close. She said it was about 30 feet away. Wow. Yeah, that's wild. Now, I've heard other people saying they've been, um, like, they've been roared at. You know, I've heard stories where people get roared at and, 
they say they shook him to their core. You know, he's like that you could feel it in the chest and everything else. And part of that might be even without hearing it, too, they say infrasound will hit you the same way, regardless if you hear it or feel it, you know. But uh, yeah, that's interesting. So, interesting. Yeah, Henry's saying, uh, this guy was 70 yards from home for the last two years. I have walked six foot from the deer. Huh. I guess he must have had, a, I think he referred to a Bigfoot or something in there in his yeah. yard. So, uh, yeah, I, I've okay. seen deer running um from something you know being chased you know but but that's about it i haven't seen them you know, being afraid you know to go into the woods um yeah oh yeah yeah that's yeah you mentioned something that kind of threw a uh, memory of mine up i had a there was one spot where i camped at a lot uh this is right around where i had one of my experiences uh, th this wasn't the same day, but it was in the same roughly the same general area. I was sitting at my camp spot. You know, it was actually during the hunting season, um, and I was sitting there, and it's very quiet. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like you watch a movie. You know, you hear a stampede. You know, you see a stampede in the movie. You can hear it coming, and it's getting closer and closer to the camera. And where the audio is picking it up better. Well, I was sitting there at the campsite. You know, keep in mind, this is the National Forest in Virginia. They're primitive camp spots. Um, and I'm listening, and I was like, I'm hearing something. I was like, what in the world is that? You know, because it's getting closer and closer, louder and louder. But it was, you still tell it was distant. And all of a sudden, I'm hearing what sound like the only way I could describe it was a stampede. And and when I say stampede, I should be more specific. It wasn't like I've heard what it sounds like for a, a group of deer to run, you know, through the thick brush and anywhere in the woods together. This was a combination of deer and heavier feet. Now, I'm not saying it was Bigfoot, but what else could it have been that was like sounded like there were heavy feet running with those deer or pushing those deer out because yeah. it got to the point where I sound like I literally along a bunch of heavy big feet running through the woods like real fast mm -hmm. and it got to the point it got so close I literally got up faced the direction where I heard it coming and I yelled hey who's there and all of a sudden whatever was coming you I saw a glimpse of one of the deer like like a whole bunch of these zipped off, they beeline straight through the woods that ran across the forest onto the other side. Yeah. And what was weird after I heard that, I actually grabbed my spotlight and my gun. Like, I you know I was just I wasn't gonna shoot the deer, but I was like I didn't know there was something else involved there. I knew that much. But I was shining my light over there and looking in there and I, I had one little opening where my light picked up one of the deer, because whatever, when they ran over there, they were still running back and forth. They were like, weren't settled yet, you know? And I was like, okay, as far as I know, that's just deer. But in my mind, said there was something that pushed them there, because I heard heavier feet running. Now, I just went back to my camp, whatever, just whatever, just chilled out. But I'll, I'll never forget the sound of a heavy stampede. Like I said, it was more than just deer running. So <laughs> there was something else there. Um, yeah. 
it was i don't know it was interesting but that's the same location where i've actually had something on a different occasion something very heavy and bipedal walk away from me just inside the tree line over there um oh. but yeah that was like i said two different times but same location <laughs> so oh, interesting it, it was kind of it put me on edge yeah but yeah absolutely yeah, usually, so. you know, whenever they're hunting, especially deer, uh, they'll, they'll hunt as a team. Uh, they'll, they'll be the one mm -hmm. uh, pushing the deer, and they'll, then there'll be another one, uh, usually at the end of a kill box, you know, where they'll uh, grab one passing by and smash it up against the tree as it's passing by, and uh, that's how they'll get the deer. Mm. Yeah, we uh, a, a deer killed after uh, after one of their hunts. You know, the the body is quite distinctive as to the the condition. Uh, the the legs, of course, the, there's head trauma, neck trauma, and uh, and then the back legs are broken also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's uh well that kind of relates to something I was gonna ask you. Uh but as far as yeah um animal like deer, uh destroyed deer, mutilated deer, um which I you know uh, but you mentioned the broken tree uh the limbs of a deer. I have seen that in Virginia. I've come across um broken snap limbs, you know, that were broken snap in the opposite direction. Yeah. Um and this is an area where I know uh, my buddy David uh, Lester is watching. This happens in an area him and his wife camp at sometimes. Um, and I've I found other things there before too, but and heard stories from other witnesses. But um, yeah, this was like right outside of where I camped at. You know, walking through the woods, getting to know the area. Um, I took note of that. I know I had pictures of them. This was some years ago, but but I was going to ask you: Have you heard of finding deer mutilated or? Uh, find them just really messed up, possibly even up in a tree. So uh, yeah, just uh, just the one uh, that we found, and that was up in Bradford, Pennsylvania, outside of Bradford, um, in McCain County, uh, with the broken back legs and head trauma. And uh, after that, though, uh, everything that I've heard is secondhand from reliable sources as to what that they've found. Uh, right. They found, um, you know, after the uh, the deer is killed, uh, that the body, the abdomen, is split or slit uh, all the way up. You know, and the organs taken. Right. Um, well, Henry said something else right here. Bears, bears are not like that. They could be loud, even chasing moose and young deer and young. I guess he was referring to probably what I was talking about. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. But the, the, I don't know. But, um, not sure who this is. They want to know why is there no evidence? Oh, there's plenty My thing of is, evidence. why haven't you looked? <laughs> yeah, there, there's tons of evidence. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you hear us that we found evidence, you know, the 
the deer, the deer mm -hmm. kills. Uh, we found um, coyote that had been killed by them, uh, literally twisted like an old mm -hmm. dish rag, you know, twisted and run oh, yeah. out. Yeah, we, we found a coyote, wow. uh, you know, just, uh, and, and that's no bear that'll do that. <laughs> uh, I don't think yeah. a human can do that. Uh, that would take pretty enormous strength, you know, to, to twist, you know, a, a coyote. Well, yeah, like you mentioned, a human can't do that. But, like, entertainers, even if they could, the question is, why would they want to do that? You yeah. Know? exactly why you know it would be pointless to do something like that you know but yeah. unless they're just playing around with their dead deer parts <laughs> i don't know but yeah. um yeah, i mean yeah i mean see, there's a lot of people out there don't realize that we have evidence out there they're just yeah. you know the skeptics and non-believers want to know what the evidence is because they're not going to find or see the evidence because they're not looking you know they're yeah. not observing what is put out there you know, no, so no, not. But, and, you know, they, yeah. they're not knowledgeable about you know, what goes on out in the woods. Uh, they're not they're not attuned to what uh, the you know, the animals, animal behavior, uh, you know, of deer or foxes or coyotes or anything else. And, and you know, that's part of being a Bigfooter. You know, you have to be uh, a partial animal, you know, wildlife behaviorist, uh, familiar with uh, foliage and uh, greens and wild green edibles and, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. what do they call that? Uh, jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, as far as, you know, evidence, a lot of people ask about the evidence, you know, we science won't accept it but we do have we do find tracks and we document them through yeah. uh, pictures and applying plaster to them i know i've had my collection of them from over the years in various locations mainly in virginia um she's been with me when she's taking me out here we've actually found some that appear to be very promising um that do not appear to be bears because i study bears very closely and from what i found up here i have found bear tracks but i have found yeah. other tracks that stand apart from bears yeah um you know, there's, there's alleged hair samples um there's e dna involved um with very uh, various uh, universities uh, that a lot of these non-believers and skeptics are not aware of um yeah. there's projects involved there's so much out there um that's that a lot of us, if you follow very closely, that we are aware of, there is uh, evidence out there, uh, both physical evidence and, again, there is eDNA that's yeah. being studied. Uh, some of these, um, I know firsthand, a real good friend of mine, a professor from a specific university, um, who has been doing a project. Uh, they've been kind of keeping on the down low, but it, it has involved other primatologists, biologists, and so forth, and they are working with labs and conducted studies. I've been in the field with this um, uh, professor. He's actually come up to Virginia. And I was actually surprised in, to see his objective side be very open, you know, oh, the way he observes things in the field. I was like, this yeah. is awesome. This guy's actually considering, he, like, he's pointing out, he's visualizing, like, some of the areas we venture through, you know. It's been interesting uh, to see that these academics are getting involved, you know. 
Um, yeah, there's. Uh, well, there's we all know Dr. Jeff Meldrum. Yeah, yeah. There's two primatologists yeah. that I work with, and uh, there's yeah, uh, along with the anthropologist, and yeah, they're they're all believers, uh, and one of them is a knower. You know where they've seen and uh, had experience with Bigfoot. You know around their home, and. Uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, I've had hair samples. I work with uh, one university and one private lab. And uh, the, the hair samples, the DNA has been tested all over the, in fact, all over the world. And it always comes up as unknown primate. And sometimes uh, there'll be, you know, samples of uh, possible human uh, human mitochondrial that comes up where there's a human ancestor back there somewhere uh, in their ancestry uh, where apparently they are able to mate uh, w with human and bear, uh, you know, bear a child, young, whatever. Yeah, I don't think that it would be viable all the time, you know, that something like that would happen because of the difference in the DNA. Uh, but, you know, apparently the DNA is close enough that they are able to uh, be successful occasionally. Right. Uh, let's see. I just, I'll respond to this real quick. 60 million people enjoy the woods every year, most of which as much or way more knowledge than anyone here, he says. So again, why only big birders and no one else? Because they're not looking. Yeah. Hunters, hikers, I talk to these people all the time and they tell me, well, I'm the, I'm out here all the time. I never see no evidence because you're not looking. It's something that needs to be looked for or seeked out. You know, you can go in the woods for a hundred years and not find Bigfoot evidence if you're not looking. You know, um, having a closed mind and, a, you know, there's nothing wrong with being objective. I'm objective. But I know the truth. I've seen and witnessed for myself. There's people that never believed in Bigfoot. There's people that made mockery of this whole subject. But it wasn't until Bigfoot walked in front of them and it changed their world forever. You know, so there's people well, out there that get to experience that. But it's not fortunate for everybody. So unless you're going to continue to have a closed mind and be negative, you're not going to learn nothing. You won't ever see nothing. So well, they, they just need, they they just need educated on what to look for and how to look for it. And I'd like to invite this person on one of our campouts, or perhaps to your campout. And uh, you know, we're I know on our campouts, you know, we've had quite a few skeptics there. And uh, I never promise right. anything. Not not a thing. You know, I, I don't promise that they'll see or experience anything. Uh, but all I can do is help educate them on what to look for, how to look for it, and how to identify it once they find something, you know, that it would possibly be Bigfoot uh, related. But as for only Bigfooters finding evidence, uh, that's not true. Uh, there are so many people, normal housewives, uh, hunters, uh, you know, um, doctors and nurses and just regular people who go out in the woods or driving in their vehicle and they see something and they experience something. And so many of them are traumatized 
by their experience, you know, they, they don't know, you know, what they've seen uh, and they'll go out and, you know, possibly find, you know, tracks uh, or other sign, you know, or other evidence. And they, uh, they, that's how they begin. You know, once you get into this, it, it's a rabbit hole. You know, it usually begins by a chance encounter like that. And then, uh, you know, so many people are so frightened of it that they never go out into the woods again. They don't want to see or experience anything like that ever again. And then there's other people like us who jump uh, headfirst into this rabbit hole and uh, we want to learn yeah. more. And that's what it is. It, it's a it's a rabbit hole with so many branches off of it that it's yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> it's endless. It's bottomless. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I invite yeah, this. David brings up a good point. I never. Let's see if I can get this pop up. Yeah, David says, uh, explain the 401 incidents of thousands of people that come uh, come up missing with no trace. He said, no one talks about that he said, or, or try to explain it. He said, they're just lost? All of them? Yeah, right. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah David Pilates so, yeah, has. Out the wood. Uh, yeah, David Pilates has uh, the, all the, the book series. And there's also specials on YouTube, you know, where they go into some of the missing 411. Mm -hmm. Yeah, missing out in the woods. Uh, and is it Bigfoot related? Maybe we don't know. It's possible. Maybe not all of them. You know, it. You know, a lot of them are, is probably caused by accident or other animals, other uh, predators. But possibly Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. We don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm very familiar with what Dave, uh, Dave Pilates does and the stories behind his books. You know, when he started that, a lot of people thought right away it was based off of Bigfoot. His, from my understanding and my knowledge that it wasn't, he wasn't pointing towards Bigfoot, but he was, no. it was a mystery. Then he right. got more involved with Bigfoot and he started bringing up Bigfoot as a possibility. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, like you said, there's all kinds of mysteries out there. You know, there could be people living off the grid there, you know, you know, we I know we see a lot of movies. A lot of our thoughts come from everything that's put on on TV nowadays. Um, but you know, those give us possibilities of could there be somebody living out there that's a mass murderer, you know, or you know, people falling into caves and, and hitting, you know, and getting hurt and dying down there, you know. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of different possibilities that you know. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess the uh, yeah, the possibilities are endless on what's going on with these people disappearing like that, yeah. but you know, all kinds of natural occurrences and that we have no clue about, you know, so, but, um, but yeah, Mary, we're getting ready to come to a close, but I want to give you the last word here. Is there anything you feel free to throw anything out? If you want to promote anything, is there anything you want to tell the people that are listening right now? Because our show, this is, on, not only viewed on YouTube, but when we do our podcast, they everything gets uploaded to my online radio show. So mm -hmm. all this information will be heard and shared all around the world. So, so the floor well, is yours, Mary. 
Thank you. Uh, well, just uh, uh, have a passion for learning. You know, it, learn more about Bigfoot and uh, what else is out there. You know, go find someone who knows what they're talking about. There really are no experts in this field. You know, we're all just uh, a bunch of curious people. Uh, many of us working with scientists, though, uh, under, you know, who are not coming out in the open for fear of uh, losing their jobs, of course. Uh, yeah, I, I wish campers and hikers would wear body cams also. You know, there are quite a few of us Bigfooters who do. I'm actually just uh, going to get one. But, yeah. but yeah. Uh, yeah, equipment is expensive. Yes, I, I don't think People, you know, recommend, oh, you know, why don't you get this? Why don't you get that? And, uh, you know, we, we don't all have uh, sponsors. We're not rich. I'm on Social Security uh, retirement. And, uh, you know, I live paycheck to paycheck, month to month. And uh, what equipment I have, I've saved up for and picked up used. And uh, all I can do is, like yourself, recommend, uh, you know, different equipment and different things to try. Uh, but, um, you know, join, join our groups, join the ECBRO. Dan has a great group there, great organization. Uh, join Pennsylvania Foot Project. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we are on Facebook. We have uh, a group of over 19,000 members. I have a YouTube channel. Uh, I have uh, about 1,600 subscribers. And uh, uh, I'm also on Twitter, but I'm hardly ever on there. And I am not, well, I'm on Instagram, but not really on there. Uh, but I would like to promote my book. Ah, here we go. What I've learned about Bigfoot. Ah, <laughs> if I can turn it, there we go. <laughs> it's on Amazon. Uh, what I've learned about Bigfoot, year, 50 years and counting. Uh, I have had experiences over uh, a period of 50 years. And I, I talk about and share uh, about all that I've learned. And uh, I try to help people. And I show I photos in there of uh, different evidence that I found. And... Uh, a possible picture of uh, of two Bigfoot that I was able to capture out in Oklahoma. Like I said, possible. I'm not going to say, you know, definitely, you know, this photo has uh, two Bigfoot in it, but just possible. Uh, everything is possible. Uh, but uh, join our groups and help support uh, your local Bigfoot researchers. You know, we, we need your support. And uh, I, I thank you. Thank you for uh, you know, talking and uh, giving us this platform. Oh, absolutely. Uh, one thing I, I do want to throw out there, like with the camping event that we're having um, in May, that following, uh, immediately following our uh, festival, um, Anyone that comes out there now, like I was just, I was talking to Julie about this the other day. Now, she knows I have a few gizmos and gadgets. Um, unfortunately, I don't have all of them with me up here. Some of them are left down in Virginia, but 
for what I do have, and I plan on getting some in a few weeks. Um, uh, I will be. I already have a thermal, uh, a TK Scout thermal flur. You know, I have just the basics with me, but I got a couple of new things I'll be getting. Um, and anyone's welcome to experiment or try them out when we're out there. Um, I am getting a new thermal imager. It's uh, it's a little bit more advanced than the TK Scout. Uh, being that that will be new, I won't let no one share that one because it's a device that connects to the phone. So, uh, and yeah. it, it's not the floor one. I used to have the floor one. The, the, yeah. the distance of the floor one could only go up to about roughly 70, 75 yards, which yeah. is good. It's good. Uh, my TK Scout has 100 yards, but the one I'm getting is almost up to 1,000 yards. So, yeah. Oh. And, yes, and it's it's pretty sharp. I've looked at the reviews. I've been studying this thing. And, uh, yeah, and if, roughly within a couple of weeks, I'll, I plan on buying that. So, um, so we'll jealous. see how that turns out. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, anyone that comes out, like I said, we'd love to share stuff. Um, I always told people, you know, the, they're getting involved because people want to get equipment. And I say, well, you, the basic things you need, get a good audio recorder and, you know, yeah. make sure you have plenty of good lights. And if you could, yeah. well, I mean, there's night vision i got good night vision night vision is very affordable uh there's mm -hmm. a lot of i got a monocular that you can see well over a thousand feet away and it's very sharp and clear 70 mm -hmm. bucks on amazon yeah so, um i love it it's a great device you can do pictures and videos you know um you can handheld it's like the it's almost like a little mini camcorder but you, you know you can put it on a tripod so yeah mm -hmm. 70 bucks you can't go wrong and it's great stuff you know so yeah, um, I, I tell people that uh, your best tool is yourself, your mm -hmm. senses. Yeah. Uh, I, I think a lot of us are a little overly dependent, you know, yeah. on our uh, electronics, on our, yeah. uh, on the flares, on the, you know, the night vision and the audio and so on. Uh, the best thing to do, just sit there in the quiet, you know, out in the woods, mm -hmm. close your eyes and listen mm -hmm. and feel what's going on right. get used to having your senses uh, tell you what's going on and bring the information to you to be able to process oh yeah absolutely i agree, yeah. I agree wholeheartedly that, I do. Yeah. other than and, that a flashlight <laughs> yeah yeah that's one thing anyone that comes up camping that wants to go hiking with us bring plenty of flashlights i you can never have enough lights as far as i'm concerned yeah, absolutely yeah and, yeah, and i tell everyone it, it has to be at least 750 lumens or more preferably mm -hmm. much more um, right but uh you know that'll be uh, at nighttime that's just about your best defense against a a a bigfoot who's in a little bit of a tiff about the, your presence just uh, mm -hmm. shine them in the eyes with a a, a good bright spotlight and I had taken your advice on getting that spotlight when we had that little incident that we had. Yeah. First thing I went, I did is come home and got a spotlight like yours. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, I don't have, I only, I got a couple of lights right in front of me. I'll tell you what, this is a very cool flashlight right here. It's, okay. it's pretty bright and What's cool about it is it's a power bank too. So if you're out there needing to need to charge your phone, yeah, it's got to, you can plug your phone up to it as well. So cool. But yeah, this here, these are stuff I got off of Amazon. But this light right here, 
believe it or not, this little tactical flashlight is 200,000 lumens. Nice. And it's rechargeable, and the charge will last a very long time. I'm, I'm, I think this is like forty, forty-five dollars. I'm very impressed with this purchase. I mean, you know, and that's the thing. Sometimes when you get stuff like that, you, you know, you, you check out the reviews and everything, do the best you can, and you, it's a gamble. When you buy these things, you know, you're taking a chance regardless. But so yeah. far, I've been pretty fortunate. The stuff I have been picking up when I'm able to is, um, yes, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, been working out pretty well. You know, but yeah, as far as electronics and stuff go, you know, if you like to document stuff and share stuff, you know, uh, that's what I feel that some of those things are good for too, you know. So, but, um, so absolutely. Well, do you have anything you want to throw out to Mary before we go? No, just that I'm so glad that you could be on the podcast. <laughs> good. Very good. And uh, some of you guys will be seeing some um, other future upcoming field videos that uh, we'll be working on. Um, there'll be promo videos on here for the, on the YouTube channel because um, we're big on promoting the events. Um, I share and promote the heck out of them. You're going to see a lot more about the Virginia Bigfoot Conference coming up very soon. It's happening in June. So, so between our Pennsylvania Miss and Legends Festival and the ECBR Virginia Bigfoot Con, um, there's a lot of excitement involved. We got guest speakers lined up for all of them. Uh, we have a lot of vendors. Uh, we still have a couple more spots for the Pennsylvania event. There's a lot of room left in the Virginia event. I'll be promoting that heavy um, very soon here over the next couple of weeks. But, um, but yeah, I want to thank Mary again. This was awesome having you on here. You were a great guest. And Thank you. And for those who are listening, if you, you are not subscribed, please, I appreciate the support. If you hit subscribe and make sure you click that little bell icon right next to subscribe. That way, every time we go live or there's a new upload, you're going to be getting that notification. So, but with that being said, you guys have a good night and we're going to call it uh, even until next time. Um, be on the lookout. <laughs> Keep it squashy, guys.